This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Amy Wells is here to join me. Mike Keith. Amy, good to see you. Hey, Mike. How's it going? It's been good to see you back at the facility the last few days. It has, it has felt like normal, even though we can't enter the facility and go to our offices at least we get to go to the studio a little bit and we've gotten to watch practice absolutely and that's the best part of everything being able to see football get back in that football routine a little bit i know that for the players it's great but for us as observers we need routine and it's been really nice to see you guys in person i had kind of forgotten that you're three-dimensional so it's good to see you Jim Wyatt from TennesseeTitans.com, senior writer, editor, the great Jim Wyatt, kind enough to join us. Jim, good to see you, and it has been good to see you as well around St. Thomas Sports Park. It's been great. Yeah, it's, you know, certainly some things are different, obviously, because of COVID and the restrictions that I think everybody's dealing with, but it's been great to watch football. I think football has been the same. I mean, obviously, you know, some things around it are different, but uh, the competition is out there. It's kind of what we've been looking forward to uh, during the course of this off season, and uh, so that that's the good part of it. It's a, it was certainly a pick me up when uh, when practices started. I think for all of us. Let's talk about the news of the day first, which was actually off the field. Nashville's mayor John Cooper and Titans president and CEO Burke Nihill making an announcement at Mayor Cooper's press availability this morning that the home opener at Nissan Stadium will be played with no fans in attendance. Jim, was this a surprise to you? It was not. I mean, it's disappointing, obviously, but I think it's something uh, I kind of expected and I think we all probably brace for. Uh, you know, you look around the league and, and see the decisions that are being made by other teams in other cities, and I think for the most part, everyone's going to take a, a position where you, you know, don't have the games open to fans in September, and then you kind of keep your fingers crossed that things will get better in the city and the state that you play in. Uh, you know, I think, you know, other than maybe Kansas City and Dallas, I mean, I think most of the announcements that have come, another one from the Patriots today, we had the Falcons earlier this week, you know, several teams are announcing that the September games are going to be closed. I think the good news for the Titans is that they only play one game in the month of September. October is the, is the month you want to have fans in stands for uh, because they've got three home games. But in order for that to happen, I mean, the numbers are going to have to continue to get better. I've been encouraged a little – have definitely been encouraged by the numbers in the city of Nashville. It's amazing. It's just part of your day now. You check what your numbers are in Nashville. You check the COVID tracker. Uh, you know, this is 2020. And this is a world we live in now. And I watch it, obviously, because I want – I want things to get better across the country so people won't get sick and, and, and the deaths will go down. But obviously, you'd like to see those numbers get better for football games to be played with fans in attendance. And hopefully that'll happen. But the way it happens is people just got to continue to do their part, wear masks, social distance, all the stuff we've been hearing since March. And if that happens, then um, then I think fans will be in the stands. And this is, you know, this is where we're going to find out how bad people really want it, to be honest with you, because I think a lot of a lot of teams and a lot of fans of those teams are are keeping their fingers crossed, hoping things will get better, and, we, and we've all got to do our part to make it better. Well, and Rhett Bryan from Titans Radio has said something, Amy, that has stuck with me that I've been repeating, and it's I'm not plagiarizing because I'm crediting him, but he says, mask up if you want to tighten up. And it's 100% true. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Amy, if people want to see the Titans in October, they got to mask up because the, the numbers have to get better if we're going to have a gathering of folks in, in that side. Even, even if it's a social distancing crowd, you, if you're going to ask people to or allow people to get together, the numbers have to continue to get better. Absolutely. Mike, I'm thinking about getting 
mask up so you can tighten up tattooed on my forehead. I just want wow. everyone to see it all the time. I'm really leaning into this catchphrase. I'm going all in with it. But I think it's so valuable to remember that we put all these protocols in place to keep our players and coaches healthy. And the Titans have really been able to, so far from what we've seen, is keep their team safe because of that. So now what we need is we need fans to embrace the protocols that are put in the place the same way. You know, if fans can really lean into this and they can do their part and they can help others remember to do their parts and stay healthy, really get these numbers down, we can all get back to what we want. And that's normal, just regular life being at football games, watching the Titans. That's what everybody wants. Everyone wants the same outcome. We just really need people to all kind of band together, lean into this and just do the right thing. <laughs> stay clean, wear a mask, stay away from each other. I agree. I mean, and really, I think it's more of a optics issue than it is a issue as far as having fans in the stand. I think it can be done safely. I know the people at the ticket office have been working so hard to put a plan in place where you can have a limited capacity crowd. And I think the plan will work and will allow people to feel good about going into games and staying healthy while you're there. But it's hard to do that when the when some of the schools in Metro are not open, when you don't allow a certain number of people into the bars, when you've got so many others. Restrictions, how are you going to let a, a big crowd come into a football game, even if it, even if it is done? social distance in a social distancing way so you know the numbers need to come down things need to come open up a little bit more by october hopefully that'll happen but people will need to continue to do their part and i know people want to see football my daughter goes to the university of alabama and all i hear is from there is how much they want to be watching those games and then you see pictures on the strip in tuscaloosa and those kids are running wild out there not wearing a mask and uh and it's a free-for-all so you know you've, you've got if you want football then certainly uh you know everybody's got to really help to make that happen at least do it where you can where you can be there otherwise it'll be it'll be you know fans will be not off limits all season unfortunately well the titans have been working hard with the health department and with the mayor's office jim i mean this has been something that has been ongoing you know, the, the Titans very much consider themselves a, a part of the community, want to help leadership do the right things. It just came to a moment 33 days before the first game where you have to start to make plans. And at this point, with, with news not any better, this is the plan that you have to go with. And so as you start to stare towards what happens in October on the 4th, the 11th, and the 18th, you would figure maybe around Labor Day somewhere, either right before or right after, would be the next evaluation. And, I mean, quite frankly, we need to see the numbers get better. If there is a positive turn, then that gives the ability to, to do what you're talking about. Because I'm going to tell you, the people at the ticket office and, and the people at Nissan Stadium, they have a plan. They have a heck of a plan. They just need to be able to implement it. Yeah, and I, I do think it's – I think it's, you know, not outside the realm of possibility that we will have fans in the stands in October. But, you know, as we see here today, uh, you know, second week of August or third week of August now, uh, it, it, you know, it can't be done now. I mean, I, I, just, I just think with the, with the way the numbers are and, with, and if you're going to try to follow protocols and try to keep people safe, you just need more time, unfortunately, and we're up against it. And uh, – Hopefully in a couple of weeks from now, you know, we'll continue to see good numbers. The, you know, the, the ones I look for, obviously Nashville's has had several days where it's been in the 100s when you know, it wasn't too long ago within the 400s. I look at the national case count that was in 70,000, 75,000 several weeks ago. Now you've got numbers closer into the 30,000. And if you, if you keep moving forward, maybe those numbers continue to go down the spread uh, eases up a little bit and and restaurants and schools are able to open up and then you can open up to sporting events but uh you know to just keep your fingers crossed that a couple of weeks from now things will be better it's worth the aim though amy <laughs> but it is worth the aim and i think the three of us 
can 100% back that up based on the fact that how great has it been to be at practice? Even if you're hot, even if you're wearing a mask, even if you're not able to stand exactly where you want to stand, and it's not like other years, yes, but the fact that we're just there watching football, I mean, it's just been so awesome. It has been the best thing that has happened for me in months. It feels like what my body has wanted to do, if that makes sense. My internal clock is telling me that it's football time. And there have been so many other things that we haven't been able to do, whether it was in preparation for the draft or the actual draft or OTAs and some of the things that come after that. My body was telling me it's time for these things to happen, and they weren't. This is normalcy. This feels real. We're there. We're watching practice. Yes, it's hot. Yes, it's hard to like randomly take a drink of water when you want to because you feel like you're waterboarding yourself with the mask situation. <laughs> it's very strange. You're wearing a mask, which is a little cumbersome. You're right. We're not standing where we're used to standing and having the vantage point that we're used to having. But golly, it's football and it feels right. And it is just, it's been such a great thing. And I want Titans fans to be able to have the same feeling of kind of relief and just a return to something that's familiar and consistent and good. And I want our fans to be able to feel the way that we're feeling right now, being able to be back with football. Especially, Jim, because this is a good-looking football team. You know, usually at the start of camp, it gets, you know, things are a little herky-jerky, especially on offense. Guys are getting on the same page, and it's sloppy. And uh, I would say, you know, Three of the four days I've watched, the offenses look really good and look crisp. The guys look on the same page. You know, I think things were, you know, I think the defense won on Tuesday, but uh, up until then, I, you know, I looked at the offense and Ryan Tannehill looks to be in charge. He looks very comfortable. I think you've got a group that looks like it's been together before, and that's because they have been together before. Uh, you know, defense. You know, it has some young guys that are flashing and stepping up and a lot of those familiar faces return. Jeffrey Simmons looks so good, uh, you know, here at the start of his second NFL season. So there are so many reasons to be excited. I know fans, you know, I wish fans could be out there to see it. And I know this build up to the season is excruciatingly long for them because you don't get to see preseason games. You don't get to really gauge the progress of guys that you normally get to during the course of August. But while fans are waiting and trying to get as much information about this team as they can, whether it's from practice reports, whether it's from watching you guys, you know, with the preview, you know, with the live practice reports at TennesseeTitans.com, I, mean, I think that's a cool way for fans to be able to, to kind of see what we're seeing. And, and I, I think this team has a chance to really uh, be on the same page when the season kicks off on September the 14th. And, has a chance to start the season a lot faster than it did last season. I think the response, Amy, that we've gotten to the lives that we did on Sunday and Monday, and if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, we went on TennesseeTitans.com and Titans Twitter, Facebook, the app, and we were able to show the first 30, roughly 30 minutes of practice. People are like, why don't you show the whole practice? Like, yeah, when they do team, they're not going to show that. Yeah, that's not shot by the media either because people can pick up things looking at team concepts, and that's, you know, that's the trade yeah, secret. The Denver Broncos would love to see that, wouldn't they? Of course they would. <laughs> of course they Because it, they could stop the tape and go, wait a minute, they've got this guy lined up. Who is that? And, uh, you know, teams do it. You know, they figure it out off of still pictures and whatever, and so uh, – College and pro teams have learned that you show the individual periods and then you don't show anything else. But, Amy, I have been overwhelmed. First of all, our staff of people, uh, led by Brian Myers and Ashley Farrell and Matt Unger and Steve Wisniewski and, you know, a whole bunch of really good folks, have done an amazing job of bringing the technical in, which really proud to work with people like that. And you and I've had a chance to sort of talk over what we're seeing, and that's fun. I've been dumbfounded by the response of Titans fans worldwide 
by just how much they're dying to see anything. Oh my gosh. Mike, on the very first day that we did it, we had people tuning in from everywhere in the United States and in Germany and in London and all over the place. It's crazy to me. People are hungry for football and the fact that they were willing to tune in, sit down and watch guys stretching. I mean, they're watching football, but I mean, it's not the coolest parts of football. It's stretching, it's individual, but being able to see your team working through some of the things that they've been working through, it's been so great. But what we tried to do in putting it together, Jim, is we're like, okay, if you're a Titans fan, like there was a Titans fan from Maryland who reached out to me the other day, and they haven't had a chance to see Panda. They have not had a chance to see Isaiah Wilson. So what we just tried to do is, I mean, listen, it was not groundbreaking. We didn't break a massive story or anything. We just showed you Isaiah Wilson blocking a, another guy for a minute just to give you a look at what Big Panda looks like. And at this point, you're like, thank you. And, and we're the same way. And so I understand how they feel. Yeah, I mean, it's good. if you're a Titans fan, it's great. I mean, you you, you get you can't be there, and, and certainly that stinks. I mean, people want to be there; they want to experience it for themselves. But I think one thing you're finding out through you know this new world that we're in now is you have to find other ways to connect with the fans. I think that's wonderful. I mean, if I'm a Titans fan living somewhere else, if I'm a Titans fan in Nashville, if you can't be there, this is a great opportunity to see this team you know we've been posting you know on titans tennesseetitans.com the zoom calls or, or the video conference calls uh you know with the players and and fans are able to watch that as it goes on and you can learn a little bit about guys you know during live interviews so you have to figure out ways to connect with the fans uh yeah i think the i think what you guys are doing you know at you know, at the start of these practices is a wonderful opportunity for fans to, to see these guys that they have been reading about and, and hearing people talk about. And that way, when the season starts, hey, they're, they're, they got some familiarity. I do want to reiterate, though, because we see on social media a lot, Mike Keith made the point earlier, why can't you go longer? We want to see more. And we know. Right. We want to show you more. But I have had a head coach from a different team that I will not mention, but their colors are blue and their mascot's a horse, uh, come up to me and say, hey, you're really doing a great job. I've seen everything you've ever done. And at first I was like, oh, a fan? <laughs> but then it occurred to me, he's looking to see if we give anything up on our website. That's, That's what he's watching for. And so they really do. They all sit around and watch everything on teams websites teams tv shows they watch for that kind of stuff and they find stuff so anything right. that we can do to help mike vrabel keep their work a secret keep it together so that they can focus on what they need to do and mike vrabel if he found out that we were still broadcasting he would rip those cameras down with his bare hands and i don't want to be responsible for that either well and that's our challenge is what we are what we are trying to do is find that soft spot there, Jim. And you're doing it in your writing, and you do it on Twitter, and we do it on the TV shows and on the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. And we, you know, we do it on Titans Radio. Is The sweet spot is giving the fans something that they maybe can't get other places, sort of scratching the itch for them, but also understanding that, we, we don't want to give anything away on the football side. And in that way, the football side allows us to do more when they build that sort of trust with us. Yeah, and I think, you know, those rules are in place for people, you know, that, whether you work for the team or whether you work outside the team, you know, for a website or for, uh, you know, out there watching practice and covering the team on a daily basis. I mean, you, you, you can – you know, on the observations that I do on a on a daily basis out there, you can kind of give highlights on who looks good, what guys are doing, you know, who's who has impressed during the course of camp. But you know, people that you know sometimes want to know where who's working with the first team, who's working with the second team, who's running at nickel. I mean, uh, you know, what kind of trick plays they run. I mean, and certain periods are closed to shooting, and it's video, but all of the you know, the, the information that we maybe give 
another team outside of this market uh, clues on how to prepare for the team, all that's off limits. And, and you just kind of know that. That's the way it always is. And I don't care whether the coaches, you know, Jeff Fisher or Mike Malarkey or Mike Munchak or Ken Wisenhunt or, or Mike Vrabel. That, 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 that's the way it is, has always been in Tennessee. And it's certainly that's the way it is across the league. Can you imagine Bill Belichick, you know, you know, discovering that, that uh, Patriots.com is showing their personnel groups trotting out there for practice? I would say there would no longer be Patriots.com. <laughs> I'd say it would be Patriots non-com. <laughs> Gone-com. Well, I mean, and the, and the whole thing about that, too, is, Amy, they don't have to let us in practice. You're there as a guest. It's good for the team to get publicity, and they know that, but you're there as a guest. So if you're covering a practice or you're covering a team, whether you're with us or you're with a newspaper or you're with a radio or television station, you have to adhere to the rules or they're going to pull your credential. So, yeah. so there, I, I know people get on the media at times and they say, well, why don't you, you're, you're capitulating with them. You're, it's like, yeah, do you want so-and-so to get to go to practice? Because the way, to, the way to make it stop is if he wants to report, hey, Vince Young's going to start this week against the Cowboys, like in 2006, then that ends that. Then, you know, Jeff Fisher tells you if you report that, you're out. And that would have been the case. Well, and that, I think, is why we've seen media access change so much over the years. And for people who spend a lot of time around the team, a lot of media members and things like that, you notice differences from coach to coach because there's a lot of trust that's required in that. Mike, I think you phrased it really well when you said that you're a guest at practice. And I think that that's how all media members kind of have to find that line of, okay, yes, you want to come, you want to ask hard questions, you want to make sure that you are keeping everybody honest. And of course, that's what the media is there for. On the other hand, you're in someone else's house. You need to be respectful of their rules. And there's a reason for those rules. You know, sometimes things will get a little more lax and a little more casual as you get to know each other each other with whether it be with a coach or general manager or other people on the staff but it is it's an interesting line to watch people kind of try to walk and it's a dance it's definitely a dance and so that's why you see some of the changes over time when it comes to ways that people interact and it's just it's a it's a dance so since we've been around, I mean, the rules have changed so much as far as open practices and closed practices. I mean, for the longest time, and when this team first moved here, Jeff Fisher was the head coach. Practices were open during the course of the regular season from beginning to the end. And I think you could look around at a lot of markets, and I think a good number of them had it. Local beat guys, I worked for the Tennessee at that time, and I used to stand and watch every single practice. And there was a trust there. If, if you're Even if you're a beat guy, I work for the Tennessee, and you're not going to you know, give away that the team's working on home run throwback and, and look for this if, if a certain guy gets his hands on the football or this guy's working, you know, at a new position this week or this guy's been elevated, they're trying this thing, this in practice. You know, in, in time, more and more teams started closing those practices to where you have open and you'll stretch, you know, maybe individual periods, some of the stuff at the beginning, and then once you go to team, it's done. The Titans were one of the last teams in the league, and now there's just maybe a handful to have open practices. I think it was maybe when when uh, Mike Munchak was a coach is when that time changed, and really it was because people quit going to practice. There was just no reason to keep it open because people in this market just didn't care that much about going. It's, it's been like moving forward, it, it's still open during the course of the season for a limited time, and I bet I could count on one hand the teams that have it open now. It's, it's just such a small, small number. Don't you think that our mobile devices and how they have moved forward would be the biggest reason for that change among teams? I think so. I mean, I, I, and I think maybe sometimes people feel like they have been burned uh, where some stuff that they, you know, wanted to keep quiet has gotten out there from people watching practices. Not, not necessarily that the, that the writers or the people that are covering it leak that information out but maybe they said something to a buddy who ended up saying something to somebody else and then yes with 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 
phones and, and the ability to share information so much easier now, that's obviously affected the team's thinking. But, you know, for camp and the way I think we do it, at, you know, with the Titans, I think it's a, a great balance where you can give fans a taste of what we see, bring them into onto the sidelines with us without giving things away that's going to jeopardize the team and their strategy for the season. Mike, you mentioned phones, and I think that phones also leads into social media and the mm-hmm. prevalence of that right now. Even in the last 10 years, media policies have changed dramatically to include and try to adapt to social media and the way that people use it. When I started out, there was no Twitter policy. I mean, it just, it was around, but people didn't really know what to do with it. And it was kind of a bizarre thing that people were still trying to figure out. Now there's a very specific when you can post video, how much video, what you can tweet, when you can tweet it. It's very different, but I think that PR staffs and coaches are trying to react to the almost knee-jerk reaction to feel like you need to tweet something right away. And a lot of media people, that's part of their job is to be tweeting and be active on social media. Jim, I know that you kind of had a requirement for a while to be active on social media when you were with the Tennessean. And I think that that's, that's something that a lot of people feel a lot of stress to keep up with and also just out of habit tweet things a lot a lot a lot and so to give people that time to not be able to live tweet what they're seeing think about what's important tweet it after practice I think that those are things that have had to become a bigger consideration as well just social media the other part of it I guess that's really good and it's an interesting discussion I hope the listeners to the OTP find it interesting Uh, But how this has changed is just so dramatic. Fortunately, we have a controlling owner that values fans. She likes the fans. Amy Adams-Strunk likes the fans. John Robinson is a football guy, but he gets the business of this and that the fans are important. And the head coach, Mike Vrabel, he's a football guy. And yet, Jim, he understands that fans are a part of it. I mean, he's a fan of the game. He's a fan of the college game. He, he understands it. I think we're lucky that even the football people in our life and the ownership thinks it's important, so it gives us a chance to give them as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, you guys talk about – you know, having people logging on from Germany and, and from Maryland and from all over the United States and all over the world watching this team. I mean, and that's part of that's because of what they see on Sunday, but part of it's because of what they find out about players and what they're doing off the field and what they're doing, how they handle themselves uh, in the community. I mean, I, I think all that is important in kind of building up your fan base. You know, when I look, you know, at my job that I have now, you know, I kind of think of myself as a fan like I'm a fan of Los Angeles Dodgers I didn't grow up in Los Angeles I grew up in Nashville Tennessee saw the Dodgers play when I was in you know when I was a young boy in the in the 70s and saw you know Steve Garvey and David Lopes and Bill Russell and Ron Say all those guys play and from that time on I've been a Dodger fan my whole life and it's funny when we're in London or when we make road trips or we run into people that are Titans fans that some of them never even been to Nashville, but some of them like the Titans because of the Music City Miracle, because of Eddie George and Steve McNair. Sure. Some of them like the team because of their colors. You know, some of them like the team because of their, their ties to the Oilers. But everybody has, uh, you know, a reason why they've become a Titans fan. And as much as I follow the Dodgers from afar, I know all their beat guys. I watch as much of their content as I possibly can. I know people are doing that in other cities. So I try to give them as much information as I possibly can to enlighten them on the team, just like you guys do on a regular basis. And I know how much people appreciate it. I mean, I see it in the comments on Twitter. I see it in my emails. I see it in the, you know, the mailbag, the people were, you know, sending in questions from all over, um, you know, the world. So I just feel like, you know, it's, my obligation to kind of take them with me and to give them a peek at what we get to, to live and what we get to do. And I know you guys take that same approach. I mean, that's, uh, that's part of the reason why we love what we do is because we're, 
you know, enjoy it for ourselves, but we're kind of brightening the day if somebody else is starving for that information. And that's exactly how we felt, Amy, after Sunday and Monday doing the live look-ins, the training camp look-ins. And thank you to Pinnacle Financial, a great team partner for sponsoring that. We we felt great about the fact that we got to bring the fans in when they they couldn't be there. And then the response that we got from fans just really backed up for all the people who put in the effort and the extra time to make that happen. Man, that was worth it for those people who care because it brought them to St. Thomas Sports Park in a year that they couldn't be there. Absolutely. And I hope it comes through how much fun you and I are having just doing that. I mean, for as much as everybody likes watching it, we enjoy doing it 10 times more. To be able to talk about this and know that the people listening and engaging with that are just as passionate about it, if not more passionate than we are, like that's pretty cool to be able to bring something to someone who really genuinely cares about this team and how they're doing and what's going on here in Nashville, even if they can't be here man, that's cool. That's the best part. I mean, people are watching because I said yesterday I was at practice and I had a wasp that was kind of hovering. (laughs) And and, and apparently you guys maybe panned the camera over and saw me trying to swat this wasp off. And I got a, I got a reply from somebody say, Hey, did you get that sweat bee out of the way? And I was thinking, how in the heck did they know that I had a sweat bee? And what a sweat bee. This is a big monster wasp too. This is one of those what, what do you call those, those killer uh, dirt dog? No, the murder yeah, hornet. Murder, it was like a murder hornet that was that was hovering around me. The murder hornet. Oh, Jim, I wasn't going to tell you we did. <laughs> well, but we were trying to show you to to give some love to you, and to and to also bring people in that it's a different year for the media covering training camp as well. We're at at some point we've had it on the schedule, and I've blown it twice, twice. We want to show the new building because I know Titans fans all over the place have been hearing about this new building that Amy Adams Strunk has underway. And people, I mean, it's a, listen, it's a building right now. It's just the shell of a building, but people are interested in all of it. You know, they want to see Greg Joseph. They want to see Tucker McCann. Who's winning the kicking battle They you know, they, they want to see big Panda. They want to see Darrington Evans. They want to see Christian Fulton. Um, you know, they want to see the new guy. DeAndre Walker has been such a focus of this because people didn't get to see him last year. And I've had more people go, hey, I mean, DeAndre Walker was a fifth-round pick a year ago. But everybody knows, Jim, he's got a chance to be in the rotation at outside linebacker. He's a training camp storyline. And people love training camp storylines. They really do. I mean, I mean, it's some of these undrafted guys too that are they're getting a chance to to play and getting a chance to get reps. And uh, you know, with the roster cut down to eighty, which is what's usually ninety at this time of year, these guys are getting opportunities. And so, you know, for the, all the DeAndre Walkers out there, for all of these rising second-year players who are trying to take that next step, I mean, this is a a huge camp for them. And uh, fans know these players and certainly uh, are are trying to figure out who is on the bubble, who's going to make it, and uh, that's what camp's all about. All right, so let's talk. Let me throw out a few names here. Jim, today uh, you wrote about Khalif Raymond, and Khalif Raymond is one of those great stories. And in your story at TennesseeTitans.com about him really captures everything about him that is very real. I mean, he is a – for him to be doing what he's doing is really amazing. And best of all, I mean, I'm all for the happy Cinderella-type Hollywood story, but I'd rather him score a bunch of touchdowns and help the Titans win games. And the way he's played so far, that's what he looks like right now. I mean, he he, he made two of the biggest plays of the 2019 season. You know, he had the touchdown catch against the Colts that kind of broke that game open. He had the big catch against the Ravens in the playoffs. I mean, in limited opportunities, he made a big impact. And now you look at this team's receiving core, and obviously the big three are A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys. But Raymond's going to have a chance to bring a different element to this team with his speed and his ability as a return man. Uh, he's looked really good in camp. And I, I think his familiarity with the offense, his familiarity with 
with Ryan Tannehill is going to help him. Certainly he's competing with other guys. Cam Batson is a contender. Rashard Davis is a contender. But I think Raymond makes this team, and I think he makes more of an impact in this year, in 2020. Mike Keith is so funny because he cares about my input when it comes to Khalif Raymond exactly 0%. That's not true. He's so into meditation, and he's very zen. He's got a tattoo by a Buddhist monk in Indonesia. He's such an interesting human being, and I mentioned it to Mike, and he was like, score touchdowns no (laughs) no what what i said is such a neat guy he is a neat guy but he's you don't care i do care i i totally care you know i care but i also care that he runs four three don't you want to see his buddhist monk tattoo i want to see i want to see him catch a touchdown to beat indianapolis in indianapolis yeah but i've seen that before well once (laughs) <laughs> that's okay that's I, enough I, no it's not enough you haven't been there 24 times like we have and been through some of the stuff we've been through i want to see his indonesian monk tattoo i, I and I, but i think that's a part of him and i do think it's a story but let's face it the reason that he's here is because and the reason that he's getting a chance is because he's so fast he has legitimate sub four four speed just like cam batson and you know when you when you've got that element about you listen i mean you can have all the good stories you want when you're two and 14 and nobody cares but if you go 14 and two and you have all these good stories then they're really interesting so i i i don't dismiss them but amy i want to win i am shallow how what can i say that's okay I mean, there are Would worse Would you rather things. I not be honest about it? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you didn't want good things for him, that would be a problem. But you want to win. Like, that's okay. I'll let it slide. But I will call it out every Jim. time you dismiss something like <laughs> meditation. <laughs> I did not. I did not dismiss it. I you just shut it down. Fast. You shut it down is what you did. I moved it in a different direction. Jim, would you like to referee this part of it? <laughs> That's a pretty good back and forth. I was enjoying being a spectator there. <laughs> I'm literally right caught in the middle of this one. The other guy that you wrote about this afternoon, which I thought was really good, was Adoree Jackson. And he has shown up to me in a different way so far. It, 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 both of you jump on this. Jim first. It looks like to me that Adoree saying, I want to be a shutdown corner. I want to be an elite level corner. I want to be the guy that I was in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's it's, it's funny. We ran you know those practice observations I do each day. I think on on uh, maybe the second day of camp, I ran a picture of Adam Humphreys who had put on a great move to get behind Dorian. Dorian had kind of had this uh, look like he was obviously had been beat and was trying to catch up. And then I posted a video of of maybe it was Cameron Batson. It was either Batson or Rashard Davis, you know, who had a really good routing and beat Adoree. And I saw a comment on Twitter that, oh, Adoree's getting beat a lot in camp. He must be having a bad camp. But the reality is Adoree Jackson's looked really good to me. You know, you're going to get beat in those one-on-one drills a lot of times by the receiver working in so much space you don't have any help. But what stood out to me the most about Adoree Jackson is just his – physicality he's gone up against A.J. Brown in a lot of these drills and he's he has been physical with him he's gotten the ball out uh, of A.J. Brown's hands downfield on the sideline he looks a lot tougher looks a lot scrappier to me and uh, you know uh, when I look at the defense and I think Malcolm Butler's looked really good too but I've been really impressed with the Dory and the way he's played through the first part of camp. I think Adoree took having his fifth-year option picked up really seriously. I think that that's something Mm -hmm. that he wants to play into. He wants to prove that he earned that. And I've seen him work in the offseason, not this past season, obviously, because we've all been staying at home and staying safe. But the year before, I went out to California and watched him work with a trainer for three and a half hours, which is a lot. Uh, to be one-on-one with a trainer and just drill after drill after drill 
focusing on what felt to me like minutia. He trained so hard during the off season. And so I think realizing how serious this year is for him and really feeling like he wants to prove that he's earned the spot that he has been given, plus the attention to detail that I know he puts in the offseason, plus feeling like he's kind of a leader in that room now. I think all of that is coming together to create the Adoree that we're seeing right now. Give me one thing. We've only had a chance to watch four practices. But, Amy, give me the one overriding thing that you are most pleased with that you have seen in the four practices. The speed. Your number one speed. Okay. Speed. The speed of practice. It looks like an October practice to me. Everyone is moving from place to place to place. They know where they're going. They're looking sharp. The drills look sharp. Watching practice, I feel like we're getting ready for a game on Sunday. It feels very put together, and that is such a good feeling in the first four practices of training camp. Jim? I'm going to piggyback off of Amy. You know, I think just the overall crispness, just, you know, haven't been a lot of mistakes out there. There was a false start today, but for the most part, you know, guys appear to be on the same page. And Ryan Tannehill looks like he's in command and uh, has a great, uh, you know, deal of chemistry with some of these receivers. It's really impressive knowing that these guys didn't work together through OTAs and through many camps and, and, during a long portion of practice. I mean, we're, we're just getting started and um, it's, it, it's been very impressive to me in that regard as well. To me, it's the fact that this feels like Ryan Tannehill's team. Ryan Tannehill is in command. Ryan Tannehill is telling people what he wants. He's talking to Arthur Smith. Guys respond to him. He's challenging the defense when they have the first units go against each other. It it feels like and you got to feel like if you're watching the Chargers with Philip Rivers or I probably the the Colts with Philip Rivers now, but Tom Brady teams and Peyton Manning teams and what we saw with Steve McNair in 2002 and 2003, 2004, where it was very much his team. There's something comforting when the quarterback has that sort of aura. It's, it's winning. It's a winning aura about it because this guy is the focal point. And it's not a pointing fingers and calling out guys and being a jerk to people. It's not that. It's just, hey, we're all following this guy. This is our dude, and this is how it works. Jim that's where it feels different to me than it has in a long, long time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just crazy to me just in such a short amount of time how much things have changed. I mean, as we prepare for the Broncos, just think about back to last year's game in October against Denver when this team made the quarterback change. And I tell people all the time, this is a really funny story about the first day heading into week seven that Ryan Tannehill was taken over as the quarterback. Mike Vrabel had named him the starter. Marcus Mariota had officially been benched. I posted a clip of practice kind of during individual drills of Ryan Tannehill playing, you know, dropping back to pass. And the music playing in the background was ACDC's Highway to Hell. And one of the first comments underneath was, well, this is very appropriate because that's where this team is headed. You know, two and four at the time, Tannehill reported to Mariota, I think everybody thought that this season was the season was doomed, and we all know how last season ended. Ryan Tannehill went from being really an observer for the most part, who deferred to Marcus Mariota, to being a leader. He gets a contract extension this offseason. season. He did so much speaking up, uh, you know, for the for what's going on in society. You know, was not afraid at all to make his feelings known then. He was very big in speaking up for Derrick Henry, his teammate, to get a new contract. He's, he's been so good in the Zoom meetings and everything that's been done throughout the course of the offseason to have guys ready for camp. And when I watch him, you're right, Mike. I mean, this is clearly a, a Ryan Tannehill-led team, a guy who has a lot of confidence, has some moxie about him, you know, is going to make sure things are done correctly. And uh, it, it shows so much on the practice field just because he is in control and, uh, and he's going to be ticked off if it's not done right.
No question. National media coming to town, almost none, because most of those folks aren't traveling. But yesterday, we did have one of the biggest national folks in town from NBC and Football Morning in America, his column that comes out every Monday, Peter King. I had a chance to visit with Peter King and and talk to him a little bit about his mindset, wondering you know, how are things different from him and uh, a little bit about why Nashville was one of his stops. Peter, outside of the obvious with the masks and the different things we go through, how different is your training camp experience in 2020? Well, Mike, it's it's weird. Usually I go to, in a 30-day span, I'll see 20 or 21 teams. And I go out uh, for a long, most of a month, obviously. But this year, I'm going out for eight days. I'm seeing four teams, and I'm not talking to anybody individually. You know, it's just, that's the weird thing of it. You know, I'll give you an example. I saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for two days, two practices. And the first day, I had to hustle back to my hotel after practice because uh, in a, like a two-hour span, I was going to talk to Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, uh, and Jason Light, the GM, by video conference. And so, you know, you're, it's crazy. You're running, out of, you're running out of camp, and you're sort of speeding back to the hotel so you could be in front of your computer five miles away to talk to the people who you just were 20 yards away from. It's just crazy. Why did you decide to make the Tennessee Titans a stop on your shortened tour, your well, condensed tour? There's two teams that I knew I was going to go see. One was Tampa Bay because of Brady. One was Kansas City because of repeating. So I just started to think, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to fly everywhere? Or should I look at the possibility of seeing two or three teams along the way from Tampa Bay to Kansas City and just drive? So after we left Tampa Bay, we went to Atlanta. That's about a six-hour drive. And we saw the Falcons on Saturday. Then we got in the car Saturday afternoon and drove to Nashville. So we'll be in the hotel in Nashville for three nights. And then tomorrow, about midday, we're going to make the eight-and-a-half-hour drive to Kansas City. But I'd say the overriding reason. There's other teams we could have snuck into. But the overriding reason is that at the end of last year, I remember seeing Mike Vrabel in the locker room in Kansas City. And Mike Vrabel was not crushed. He was not uh, despondent, nor was he, hey, man, we had a great year. He was just like, all right, we're on to the next thing. And, you know, I just got this impression, and I talked to Vrabel while I was here. I got the impression, you know, that he really subscribes to the Parcells theory of you never start one year where you left off the previous year you know and 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 that's exactly the way he feels but i think there's so many interesting things about this team i mean when any football fan thinks of the tennessee titans they think of derrick henry having these monstrous games in the playoffs does any american football fan know that ryan Tannehill had the highest quarterback rating in the last six years last year for this team right here no Nobody, nobody even has a clue. But Arthur Smith, Vrabel, Tannehill, they, they all figured out a way to do some, uh, do some really interesting stuff on offense, to do some really varied stuff on offense. I just, I don't, I don't have a great feel for this division. I think it's the bizarro division, you know. Should Houston win it again? Is Indy ready to take the jump? Can these guys hold everybody off? I, I think it's just a totally fascinating, it's a fascinating team, and it's a fascinating division. Does the league, does the national media know what to make of the 2020 Tennessee Titans? No, because, look, I, I you know, look, Mike, you saw it. You know, the weirdest stat in the NFL last year is that after Halloween, the Miami Dolphins had a better record than the New England Patriots. Because everybody said, oh, my God, Patriots, eight. No, they're on the way. They're, they're here. Patriots just, by the time 
The Titans got to Foxborough on January 4th. The Patriots were a shell of what they had been, you know. And I think particularly if you can play the Patriots in a ball control way, and honestly, the Titans can play anybody in a ball control way. Um, if you can play the Patriots in a ball control way, you've got a really, really good chance of, of, of winning because – I'm convinced that even though their offense was really not good last year, that if you give Josh McDaniels enough chances and, and Brady, you know, last year, you give them enough chances, they'll figure it out. But they just couldn't get anything going at all last year, in part because it almost felt like a fire drill every time they got the ball. Oh, they better do something here, you know. And uh, But as far as what – I don't think America really knows, to what knows what to make of this team because – not necessarily the New England game, because that to me was not a surprise at all. The Baltimore game was a surprise. And I think when you watch that game, you know, the one play that is front of mind about that play is, you know, the long Khalif Raymond play that nobody saw coming. Nobody even knows who the heck Khalif Raymond is, him and his unlikely story to to even be in a training camp, never mind having a huge play to beat the top seed in the AFC. But I think that is one of the really, really interesting things about this team. And that is that, you know, Arthur Smith, I was talking to John Robinson, just shooting the breeze a little bit with him. And, and he said, you know, he tries to zig while everybody else is zagging. And I think that's one of the great things about play callers in the NFL. It isn't necessarily if you have the best players. It is when you call plays and, uh, you know, the fact that it's a lot better to call a play when the defense doesn't see it coming. And I think that's a lot of what this team is. So, honestly, Mike, I, I just think this is – I think this team could go 13-3. and three. I think they could go 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, it's a, I, but I think it's a, just a fascinating team. That's going to wrap up this edition of the OTP. You can follow Jim Wyatt on Twitter at Sports. You can follow Amy Wells on Twitter at TitansAmy. That's A-M-I-E. For Amy Wells and Jim Wyatt, Mike Keith, thanks you for listening to the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plan.